Hey everyone, welcome back to Porcelain Peak. I'm your host, Anthony Perez. With me this week, I am again joined by John Barasher. Hey John, how you doing? Not too bad, how about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, man, thanks. Um, again, Randy is out doing some other business, so he's still working on Black Star. Once that launches later this week, he will be back to join us. In the meantime, John and I gave you a list of seven movies that we were going to discuss today. And as mentioned last week, we are going to be doing some two-sentence horror stories. <laughs> Got to keep the bit going. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, let's talk about some news. So, what horror or sci-fi news have you come across in the last week? On my list of movies, I watched Train to Busan. That movie uh, apparently might be getting an American remake. Oh, you know what? I did hear about that. Yeah, so apparently uh, James Wan has really? signed on to try to helm the project. I don't know if that's going to be in a producer role or as a director. I'm a little worried about it. Now, I, w- I will get into my whole feelings about this film within the next, like, 20 minutes or so. But as far as an American remake is concerned, I'm not certain it's necessary. But if they do it well, I'm all on board. I feel like... The American remakes of stuff are usually okay. It's hit or miss. There the have Ring been a, was cool. Huh? I felt like The Ring was cool, and yeah. I felt like The Grudge was cool. The sequels were pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, the Eye was really bad. That's true. And then um, was the can't like Shudder, I think. Yeah. And then what? Let Let Me In? Yeah, Let the, Me In was a remake of Let the Right One yeah. In. The Basically, almost a beat for beat, though. So it wasn't necessarily necessary. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I said, if you if you can sit and enjoy it, with subtitles, yeah. then there's no reason to go and make a remake. If you're going to do something interesting and have an extra spin on it, then I'm all for that. Just as long as you don't stray too far from the source material and you don't make something ridiculous and stupid. If it'll bring more audiences to either that story or to seek out the original and then enjoy that as well, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree with that. And James Wan has a pretty excellent track record at yeah. this point. He's had a couple of... Eh, movies, but for the most part, he he knows how to craft a good a good yarn. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree with that one hundred percent. Some other news I found out. I guess you know the new Halloween's coming out mm-hmm. in a week or so. I originally thought that Nick Castle was gonna be the shape. Yeah, for most of it, but come to find out from the things I've been hearing is that he's briefly the shape in parts, so he's not helming the mask the whole time. Hmm. And I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. That's... I mean, it's, it's cool that he's still in it. You know what I mean? You can't want something better than that. You can't dream of something better than that. But I wanted him to be really in it. I yeah. guess it would have been nice to have had him fully reprise the role. Yeah. But as long as the movie turns out good, you know, then I'm I'm all for whatever choice needs to be made. I mean, because that movie came out a long time ago. 40 so, years. Yeah. So <laughs> he may not be quite as spry as he used to no, be. No, that's fair. And I think he was already old older at yeah. that point so. <laughs> but i've been hearing good things about it so far yeah all the early reviews are are pretty great i'm excited i believe i'll be talking about it on my youtube channel the the entertainment vortex uh next week so we'll see how that goes oh you guys are gonna watch that you think yes that's you know, the intention usually do horror movies on that do you typically our um our host is not a big fan mm-hmm. uh so Usually, I take over hosting duties on those weeks if that's the movie that we're planning on seeing. Okay. I think because myself and our editor are really excited to see that one, I think that's how it's going to go. Yeah. Another piece of news that I had was they released the trailer for Pet Cemetery. Ooh. Did you check it out? I heard that it came out. I haven't seen it yet. It looks pretty good. I was talking to one of my friends who's a big Pet Cemetery fan. Mm-hmm. Grew up with it, you know, um, like you did with Texas. He was stoked for it. Uh, yeah, with Pet Cemetery, I feel like they did a really great job of creating a villain, but the rest of everything in that movie, it it could use a little sprucing. I hope that they uh, find another band to do that Pet Cemetery song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that the, super loved Pet Cemetery song. <laughs> oh yeah, the biggest thing that that'll need to take place is that they'll need to cast a really really solid child actor because. That is the linchpin of the entire story. Like, yeah. if you don't have a compelling, basically, antagonist, then it's just not 
not as worthy, you know? Yeah, definitely. And there's kids out there that are killing it right now. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm blown away by kids' performances. I've been watching a few episodes of this new show on Netflix, <laughs> and the kids in it, I'm, like, blown away. Yeah. Oh, and then some other news. This is the last thing I got. I don't know if you have anything else. Is I was recently reading that Stranger Things, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, got pushed back to summer. It's a little disappointing. I heard about this a couple of weeks ago. And the biggest thing for me is that if you need to take time to make something perfect, I'm always in for that. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't care if it's going to take an additional six months to see it. Mm-hmm. I care that the product that I get in my hands for season three is up to par or better than the previous two seasons. Yeah, I agree. I think that if that's what they needed to do, then then do it. I'm bummed because yeah. obviously this time of the year I associate with that now. Yeah, I would love to I would love to sit back and, and knock out twelve episodes of that show back to back to back to back to back, <laughs> to back as per normal. But we went we went without it before. We can go without it again. And summer's not a bad time for it. I will definitely be excited to watch it when it comes out. The only problem that I see is that these kids are growing up. You're going to have to start getting some advanced storytelling techniques because they're not going to stay little forever. Well, I've heard that they're doing a time jump yeah. to high school. So they, I think they're trying to get the age get on the track. Just right, yeah. Out, yeah. All right, cool. Did you have any other horror sci-fi news? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. All right, then before we jump into our movies, let's give some shout-outs to the people that gave us five-star reviews. First one comes from Tatilskin. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. So thank you for your five-star review. The next one is from Amin Joy. Again, thank you for your five-star review. And KHEX. Or KHEX. Um, again, if I'm pronouncing those incorrectly, I apologize. But thank you for those reviews. I'd like to encourage uh, every listener out there to go ahead and shoot us some reviews and if you do give us five stars then you can expect a shout out on the next episode so let's go ahead and dive into these movies you had four this week and i only had three so i'll go ahead and let you go first yeah i'll go ahead and start off so if you listen to last week's episode i decided that i was going to choose a theme for every week for this month as far as the movies that i was selecting For the week previous, it was Atmosphere. For this week, it's going to be Zombies. So I chose four movies specifically around that genre. Some of them were were big heavyweights that I had potentially seen before. Some of them were ones that that were on my radar that I hadn't managed to watch and that I wanted to wanted to put those babies to bed if we'll, it will so say. So the first one that I that I set out to watch was one that I hadn't seen. I'd heard a lot of things about it and I was expecting something different than what I got. I was expecting a little more of the horror comedy route whereas I got just more of kind of like the over the top campy type horror uh with Dead Snow. Now, Dead Snow is about these uh, this group of uh, medical students from I believe Norway, it's somewhere in Eastern Europe. And they are headed up to this cabin uh, for a vacation. And while they're at this cabin, this old drifter rolls through, uh, comes in and asks for a cup of coffee (laughs) and basically tells them that they're stupid for coming to the mountain and that they are basically looking death in the face because there's a potential that this folklore of these Nazi zombies may come get them and it wouldn't be a, a horror movie if it wasn't for the fact that those those Nazi zombies do come. They are promised and they do show up. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to go down that road, kids. There's only death down that road. <laughs> yep. This movie ch- uh, like ticks off every single trope in the book. They don't shy away from anything. And it was very, very low budget. I'm talking less than less than a million dollars, I believe. But... Despite some of its faults, like I said, it is very over-the-top camp, but it's enjoyable. Like, they they go full tilt with it, and I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. They have little homages to other horror greats. Uh, the biggest one is uh, Evil Dead, in my opinion. They have a they have a particular uh, weapon that they use that that is definitely a nod to Ash, and I, I appreciate that, and especially in this type of movie, they do a couple of interesting things. I know that there, I think there's at least one sequel, if not multiples. Dead Snow 2, Red or Dead or something like yeah. that. The sequel you did not see coming. Yeah. 
Gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen any of the sequels? I've seen Dead Snow 2, yes. It is pretty different as far as the tone of it goes. You, like you were saying, the first one had a very low budget. This one, you can tell they have more money. Uh, I think Martin Starr is in it. What? Yeah. But it it is a continuation. It goes in a slightly different direction, but it's still good. It's, it's, it's different enough to feel like its own movie, but connected enough where it does feel like a sequel to the last one. Is Colonel Herzog in it? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then I'm I'm probably on board to check it out. But we'll have to we'll we'll do it together or something at some point in time. Yeah. Like I said, like I said, I of the four movies, this is easily the weakest one that I saw this week. But that's that's saying a lot considering the movies that I did watch are are pretty heavy hitters as compared, and they're definitely a little more serious in tone. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, like I said, it 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 has you know eight main characters, and those characters are not likable. Not a single one of them. You don't you don't enjoy most of their company. They're just really silly. They seem like college like bro yeah. type people, which is it's it's not terrible. Like I said, they're they're interesting and their dynamic is is fun to watch. Well, I mean, it's definitely checking boxes, like you said, but I feel like it knows what it's doing. Like it's mm-hmm. doing those purposefully, yes. instead of just doing those to get by. Yeah, and a lot of times it's making fun of itself. Which I thought was good. And like you said, it's an homage to Evil Dead. So Evil Dead is, I mean, the Camp, the camp King. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you know you, what I mean? Yeah, you can't, you can't beat <laughs> Sam Raimi when it comes to camp. Yeah, exactly. But, like I said, it does, it, it pays little homages to, to some of the greats before it. And it's, it's just fun. It's meant yeah. to be fun. And, it, and I had fun watching it. It's definitely over the top, though. Yes. So I think knowing that going in, you'll be pleased. Is there anything else you want to add about that one? Uh, no, I think that's that. That about sums it up without digging in and and giving away any any plot points. Because if it, like I said, this is something worth watching, and the plot there is a little bit in there to to take away. So yeah. if you want if you want to sit down and watch this one, go in as blind as possible. But like I said, expect expect it to be a little cheesy. You'll be grateful for that if that's the type of movie you you like to watch. If I remember correctly, there's some pretty good kills though, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some some good gore, some good kills. They did the best that they could with the budget they had, so I'm really interested to see the second one to see what they were able to do with more money. So then that brings me to my first one. The first one I watched this week was Mayhem mm. with Stephen. I uh, is it you Young Young Young. Sure, we had this argument last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't say argument. I would say we had this mutual disagreement as far as as neither of us know what the heck we're know, talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's a movie about a virus, I guess, almost like a cold that gets passed from people. Their eyes get really red, and they turn into. I guess it releases all your inhibition. So it's like liquor, but without being drunk. You're just like a rage monster, so people are super violent and doing other adult things. <laughs> you could say super horny. I think that that's probably fine on the podcast. But they're doing it like in public, in front of everybody. Nobody cares about anything. And they pass a law basically that if you're infected by this, your actions don't necessarily count. So if you kill somebody, then you might not get in trouble for it because you're infected. And the movie's about... What happens? And horror movie, yes. Scary movie, not by any means. It's brutal. Yeah. I mean, I went in hoping that it was going to be pretty gruesome, and it was it, not disappointed. Not disappointed at all. I mean, talk about good kills. And they're using takes place in an office building, so they're using uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything at their arsenal. Man, yeah, it was good. It has a little bit of a plot twist, I guess. Not in any major way where you're like, whoa. Uh, not any kind of like Shyamalan way. Yeah. But, uh, but turns in different directions. And, yeah, I thought it was fun. Again, not anything crazy, but fun to watch. Great, great gore. Good graphics. I think they tried to go practical as much as they could. It's and, always a benefit. And it's a ton of cocaine, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who could complain? Yeah, the concept for this sounds ridiculous. But not in a bad way. Yeah, again, I mean, it almost feels like sort of 28 days thing where they're infected by something and, like, the rage, but... It just takes it in a more ridiculous fashion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not... They can recover from it. So there's, like, a... There's an antivirus or whatever that 
they can administer to you and it takes a few hours to kick in, mm. but then you're fine. You just go back to normal. So it's not zombies. Yeah. Uh, and they're completely like coherent the whole time. So it's fun. It's on, again, it's on shutter. I, I would recommend it. I was not disappointed in any way. All right, man. So then what's your number two? The second movie that I saw this week was one that I'd seen a couple times before. It's not my favorite as far as the uh, Romero films are concerned, but it is it is a one of the better ones for sure. Day of the Dead. So there were there were some things that I didn't remember having such emotional weight uh, when yeah. I watched this movie. I didn't think I was going to get choked up over a, over a semi sentient zombie. <laughs> So the concept of this film, it's in the Romero verse. So obviously it's, you know, a zombie outbreak has basically taken over the planet. You know, you get little bits and pieces of it in Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. There's pretty much they're they're pretty close to overrun, but there's still little settlements and stuff in just about any town you go to. And by Day of the Dead, they are 100 percent overrun. You, you don't see any anyone other from our survivor group. They're in like an old missile silo for the government. And it's basically a government program that tried to get out in front of the outbreak by having them study zombies with some scientists being protected by some military personnel. So the whole concept of this is freaking ridiculous. It's definitely the most out there concept uh, from Romero up to that point in his career. Whereas, you know, Night of the Living Dead was pretty run-of-the-mill, pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dawn of the Dead was a little crazier, but the settings that they chose for those were a little little more closer to home. Just because it's something that you could see happening because, you know, if you... If you were put in that position, you would either hole up in a house, go to some kind of a big place where you could where you could be with a large group of people, like a mall. Yeah. But the fact that there are these government officials that are trying to correct the problem is interesting. And the way that they chose to do it, like they had a few different bigwig scientists trying to figure it out from different angles and try to figure out what they could do. And one of them comes up with trying to domesticate them. And I know that there are other movies that have used this as a concept since. I think this is the first one to do it, though. And Bub, Bub the Zombie, man, it's it's a really – there's an interesting point in the story where you really feel for this as a character. And it just – it works so well. Just watching him kind of relearn some of his patterns as a human was just – it was – it was ambitious. It was something that I didn't, I didn't remember, like I said, feeling so much for when I was younger. I thought I think it was something that I thought was a little more silly because there's obviously some camp to those movies. I mean, it was yeah. it is 100 percent an 80s movie. Like it has <laughs> with the way that they chose to make the music, and it's just it's it was an interesting watch to revisit. Do you have any thoughts at all about it? I know you've seen it for sure. I think it's interesting, and you bring it up that movies have done that since, and you don't typically think of zombie movies going in that direction where the zombies are learning. It's more of just monsters yeah essentially i think it's cool that romero whether or not he was the first one did it at all Mm -hmm. and was able to continue advancing the genre instead of stopping where he started it yeah and letting it stay which is where it's kind of at now where it's kind of zombies are just zombies yeah they revisited it and it's yeah this was another movie where where the concept of zombies is still kind of a background thing, where it's more about the survivors and their journey. Yeah. But man, there are some ridiculous characters. Uh, Rhodes, the, uh, the the leader of the military group there, well, the um, de facto leader of the military group there. Man, that is a hateable character. <laughs> you really don't like that guy. And that's cool that they went there. I mean, we see that more now, like with warm bodies, mm-hmm. where they're developing zombies, and and I think life after Beth. Yeah. It's similar to that where they're almost humanizing them. I mean, I guess they are humans, but you know what I mean. More than just the monster. And You could almost say that movie with, with uh, Daniel Radcliffe almost is a little similar where he's the dead body. Oh. Swiss Army Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, there's some sentience there. But Romero did it, and he was continuing that in a small amount with land. Yeah. And you see them start to think and start to learn and start to grow. And well, they almost have kind of like a leader in Land of the Dead. Yeah, and that's when they're crossing. I don't want to. I mean, I guess yeah. I shouldn't say anything just in case. But yes, there's a, a pivotal scene 
when you see the leader of the zombie thinking yeah. and, and uh, problem solving, which is really cool. And I, I haven't seen Survival, mm-hmm. and I don't 100% remember Diary, but I know Diary is a prequel, yeah. so it wouldn't necessarily continue that anyway. And so I hope I would have hoped or liked to see to see that develop more, to see what else mm-hmm. he could do with that instead of, I mean, what we got. I know I've heard that I believe his son is trying to continue the story. Well, we'll see. I mean, so. that that would be interesting. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, I like that stuff. And if he's half as good as his dad, then yeah, well, I mean, and business. in no way, shape, or form is anything going to touch the original trilogy or quadrilogy if you're if you're the person that that gives Land of the Dead a, Land of the Dead the credit that it probably deserves. Yeah, I think going back, watching it, it's it's it should be a, a quadrilogy. Yeah, agreed. And I think that those aren't going anywhere. You can yeah. go back and revisit those at any time. If you're feeling squirrely, you can go see some of the remakes because some of them are pretty solid. Uh, the Night of the Living Dead remake that they did in color in 1990 is really good. The Savini one? Yeah. Yeah. And then um, – Different? Yeah. But definitely has a good feel to it, yeah. Yes. And then obviously uh, the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead is is very interesting. Yeah. And it, it, it keeps the, the foundation the same, mm-hmm. but – does its own thing. Yeah. And makes it updated for the audience without just like a shot for shot thing. Yeah, for sure. And it's one of our first introductions to the runners. Yeah. Which people will debate about till till there are no more zombies. <laughs> um I haven't seen I know there's a new Day of the Dead. Yeah. I think on Netflix. And I've heard it is real bad. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I I watched Day of the Dead on Shudder. Okay. Uh, Night of the Living Dead is also on there. I don't believe Dawn is on there or any of the the after ones. I know that the the remake that came out this year, which I think is like Bloodline or something. Yeah, that's uh, right. That one it came out this year to very poor critical reception and is now on Netflix, where it's still not being enjoyed by anyone. <laughs> but I read the synopsis for that, and I they took the whole concept of Bub in a direction that just doesn't work. Oh, uh, okay. Hey, I mean, teach their own. I applaud anybody that's out there making films. I wish I could do it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, cool, man. So then let's go ahead and jump into my second one, which for me was highly anticipated, was Hell House LLC 2. Loved the first one. We talked about it last week. And coming to find out there was a second one, I was stoked. I, uh, yeah, I popped this on late at night, turned the lights off. I really wanted to feel it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I stopped it halfway through. I got spooked. <laughs> uh, yeah. And That's that, the reaction you're looking for, man. And that doesn't usually happen for me. I'm usually pretty good. But yeah. it's about a house. Or I guess not a house. It's a hotel. But, you know, I live in a house and it was creepy. And I felt very similar. Mm-hmm. And I was a little spooked. Not like I could have pushed through. But I, I just didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I revisited it the next night when I had a little bit more courage to finish the second half and I loved it until toward the third act. I think the third act for me is where it started to taper off a little bit. Mm. They start giving you a bit more of an explanation to what the happenings are from the first film and what's the story behind it all. Mm -hmm. And once you know, it's kind of, what happened to the Halloween franchise. Yeah. Once you know more about the mysterious stuff, then it kind of loses its mystique, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Without having you know? the mystery there, it can kind of sour the experience. Yeah. Which is why they decided to get rid of all the Halloween sequels and go back to him not being her sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? For them not to be related. And I feel like with this, they gave – explanation which is cool mm-hmm. and i'm sure there are fans out there that wanted that explanation but for me i didn't i didn't like the way it was done yeah and so it was a little bit it was a little bit disappointing toward mm-hmm. toward that last half the rest of the movie great it was just the ending i wasn't a huge fan of when well, you said that one's supposed to be a trilogy if i'm not mistaken yes that's what i've read i'm not 100 percent sure which direction that's going to go in the second one just came out this year mm-hmm. so it if there is, it probably won't be for another couple of years. I would still check it out. I yeah. still recommend both those movies. They are first one, scary whole way through. This one, 
scary, like legit scary for most of it. Mm-hmm. And then toward the end, it's more or less explanation, which is fine. Yeah. But didn't didn't work for me. It wasn't what I wanted, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But again, on Shudder, check those out if you're into, yes, found footage, but also haunted house and stuff like that. And... I don't think you'll be disappointed. Okay, cool. So let's go to your next movie, the fifth one for this week. What'd you have on the list? So this was a movie that I was recommended by several people, uh, not least on the list yourself, a Train to Busan. Now, this one is a, a Korean film. Mm-hmm. It's a completely foreign language, so be prepared to read. Man, this one was a gut punch. I... They did some really cool things, and I could tell that they took influences for some really cool things as well. I believe this one – did this come out before or after Snowpiercer? That I don't know. But, it might have been right around the same – you know what? I think it was after because I remember Snowpiercer being quite a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so it takes some influences from things like Snowpiercer from The Raid and adds a zombie element. And obviously the fact that it all takes place on a train – it just adds this really claustrophobic feeling. And there's something about the way that foreign films do monsters that's just really interesting to me. They they add an extra layer, like how quickly they go from being normal people to being infected is pretty crazy to me. And the way that they depict them being infected, they have they're really vascular and they have these like black veins running all around. And they also have like these really erratic movements like when they come back after they after they perish in the first place they like snap into place and like they do all these crazy things it also took a couple influences i think from world war z which it's interesting uh world war z i don't feel like was a horror movie and it was just it was kind of weird considering what its source material was but the fact that they like kind of climb all over the top of each other and the fact that they are an immovable force when they're together it just was it was an interesting concept and i feel like the way that they did it was was nice to see it definitely doesn't bring a whole lot of new things to the table but it takes a lot of things from other mediums you're talking about world war z right now or train to busan uh train to busan okay okay yeah it takes a lot of things from other mediums yeah. and brings them all and puts them into one movie and kind of shows homage to certain things, but it also gives the actors a lot of room to play off of each other. And there's a father and, and daughter duo, man. Oh my gosh. It was, so my wife's not super into foreign films. She doesn't like to have to read her movies. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, she's like, Oh, this is a foreign movie. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm sitting there watching it, and she was on her phone for like the first couple of minutes, and then she st- I saw her start to look up little by little, and then by the end of the movie, she's got her phone completely set off to the side and is just completely in tears. <laughs> yeah, the the end of this movie is a gut punch. Be prepared for it. You're you're gonna be sad, but it just it, it has so much life in it, and I'm really interested to see if they're able to recapture that in an American remake. Um, I'm also planning on checking out there's an animated pre-sequel. So if you're interested in that storyline or if you've already seen it but you haven't seen Soul Station, spelt Seoul, the city from, from Korea, not Seoul, like S-O-U-L. If you're interested in checking that out, I've heard it's not quite as good, but it, it definitely adds a different layer to and builds a little bit more of the world, which I'm I'm down for. I like what you were saying about their movements. I thought that was an interesting idea. You don't really see that in zombies too much. They're mm-hmm. typically very stiff yeah, and kind of like the ghouls. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. And yeah, I like what they did. I like the train idea. That's fun. I like the idea of going to different stations and trying to hop mm-hmm. back and forth. That was cool too. They, I thought they brought a little bit of originality to it where it's, there was stuff that I hadn't seen. And I liked it, yeah. And there's that one dude yeah that one guy that's oh man i uh, he ruined everything he messed <laughs> everything up just that one guy and if you watch it or if you've seen it you'll know exactly what we're talking about because ah man yeah it's so frustrating so frustrating so frustrating <laughs> and in the same breath i feel like this movie was something like i said that it had 
such heavy drama elements too. There wasn't anything super spooky, and there were a couple of like yeah. aha moments too. The first time the train goes through a tunnel, that that moment caught me off guard, and I was like, "Oh shoot, this is this is interesting. This 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 is something I haven't seen before. This is something super original." Yeah. And I loved the way that they did it and the way that they portrayed it, and it totally made sense based on the makeup and the costume designs they chose for the infected. And I was just like, "That's a cool little touch." That's something that I, I'm all for. If you can find little ways to change the game and make it something that you're inter- like that's more interesting to the audience, yeah, go for it. I think it's great. I think that if you can do subtitles, to to definitely watch it. And if you're hesitant on subtitles, give it a shot. Yeah, um, because it is one of those movies where you you don't know what to expect, and the zombie genre I feel like possibly is on its way out a little bit. We've had it around in the spotlight for a while and we tend to see that ebb and flow with zombies and vampires go back and forth yeah and so i feel like vampires are coming soon and so, so take advantage of zombies while you've got the chance you know seriously yeah because i mean you know we had the twilight stuff and all and then daybreakers and all that vampire stuff was coming out and then that 30 days a night that pulls back yeah great movie and then <laughs> uh, i love josh hartnett yeah and then the zombie thing came and it's been a while so i'm waiting for that to kind of pull back again and we mm-hmm. get that switch again but yes so train to busan i think we can both yeah, highly it, recommend that movie yes i i would watch it again in a heartbeat yeah it just like i said it be prepared to cry that yeah. the little girl in that movie i don't know what her name is i don't know where they found her and i don't know what they paid her but it better been a truckload of money because <laughs> holy hell uh, she puts in one of one of the best child actor performances I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd be interested to see, obviously I don't know the culture and how things are in mm-hmm. Korea, but I don't know how well American audiences would respond to a story like that mm-hmm. because typically when we go to horror movies, we want to be scared mm-hmm. or we want to be... I don't know. We want something real visceral. Yeah. And although that movie has stuff like that, it is a story. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I feel like American audiences typically, especially the general population, will judge a horror movie based on how scary it is mm-hmm. versus what it's bringing to the table otherwise. Yeah. And so I would be interested to see how that translates to an American audience. So I feel like there are some movies that are trying to bridge that gap. Yeah. Uh, get out. Yeah. Was a good, was a big example of that. A Quiet Place earlier this year was another good example of a of a story that also has spooky elements to it. Yeah, and I think that the more that those are brought to audiences, the more that they'll kind of transfer over and be willing to go something, see something that's completely horror or something that has, is horror light with with heavy <laughs> dr- like dramatic themes to it. Diet Doctor Horror. Yeah. <laughs> now twenty twenty seven percent more crying. <laughs> Definitely. That's cool, man. I'm really glad you liked it. It's hard to, to recommend a movie to somebody and then they'll be like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> but I'm two for two because I recommended that to you and Randy. Yeah. And as far as I could tell, you guys both liked it. So kudos to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So let's get into my last one for the week. I watched an episode of The Last Drive-In. I call it an episode with Joe Bob Briggs. But it features, like I mentioned last week, him watching movies. Yeah, it's a whole the movie, movies. essentially. Yeah. yeah, so the one I watched specifically was Rabid, um, Cronenberg movie. It is about this lady, and she gets in an accident, and then they perform plastic surgery. And it was, at the time, something that wasn't mainstream yet. And so they were kind of playing on the side effects of what that could be. And so something happens to her and she begins to more or less attack people. And then they become like her zombie esque. And it way. has an infection element. to it. Yeah. But it's, you know, typical Cronenberg body horror mm. where you're seeing some weird, gross body stuff. At one point she sucks the blood out of a cow, <laughs> which, uh, you know, hey, to each their hey, own. Hey, that's, if, if you're going to a David Cronenberg movie and you're not expecting someone to suck the blood out of a cow, <laughs> what were you? What were you thinking? Yeah, you're in the wrong place. Um, or some, or Jeff Goldblum to spit out some weird acid blood and <laughs> melt away some guy's entire limb. Cronenberg's got the weird stuff on lock. I really liked the commentary from Briggs. Mm-hmm. He 
I mean, obviously, I don't know if it's cue cards or what he's reading or what he's saying during the the show, but he knows a lot. And if he doesn't know that, the information that he's giving from whatever source he is giving it from, if that's the case, then it's good information. It's cool information for people who typically will watch a movie and then be on IMDb learning about that movie, especially yeah. if it's good. Then that was cool to not have to do that. <laughs> I got to just watch it. Um, so that was neat. It. I haven't seen a lot of Cronenberg movies, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get into more. I'll talk about that when we get to next week's list. But I I liked what I watched so far. It was it was good. It was good um good outing from him. It had some interesting stuff. There's some yonic imagery and definitely some phallic imagery that mm-hmm. goes on with the female lead. And so I liked kind of dissecting that sort of thing. And it becomes like this massive thing. And it's I think it's more or less a commentary on plastic surgery yeah. and the fear of what that could bring almost like in a twilight zone black mirror kind of way mm-hmm. where these are the potentials and this is the unknown this is what could happen you know sort of a dread yeah and so i enjoyed it it sounds like the viewing experience on shutter with that show was was an additional experience that you appreciated which which yeah. is interesting to me i uh per your recommendation i downloaded shutter and i watched day of the dead i actually i think i watched night of the living dead as well beforehand just to <laughs> just to get myself warmed up uh, just to wet the whistle. Yeah, just get a little palate <laughs> cleanse going. Get myself in the movie for spoops. <laughs> um, are there any movies on there that are out, that you could recommend that also have his commentary? Well, they have like the whole show. Mm-hmm. So, from my understanding, and I talked to my buddy about it, and that was a show that he said his parents watched. Mm-hmm. The last drive with uh, Joe Bob Briggs, but. He has. They have a series on there now. So what they wanted to do for his, I think it was his grand performance, mm-hmm. was they did a 24-hour horror movie marathon. Mm-hmm. And he did that. He did the last movies. I don't have Bullish. the app on my phone. <laughs> so I can't tell you the exact what the exact episodes are. But I can get that to you next week. We yeah. can, and we'll, we'll put them on here just in case anyone's interested. Because there were some other movies on there. And so if you're into little bits of commentary, he's not narrating the whole time. Yeah. So not full blown cool. like mystery science theater or, no. or uh, Doug Benson or the Benson interruption or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, you're still getting the whole movie in its original format. Mm-hmm. He just instead of commercial breaks, he comes in and says a little little tidbits. So if you're into horror, if you're big fans of something like that, then I think that that, that would be good good for you. Links in the description coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Have you ever seen any Cronenberg movies? Are you f- so I've seen The Fly. Work? Okay. Yeah, that one is is the big one. In yeah. mo- most of the time, when people talk about Cronenberg, they talk about the Fly. I've never seen it. You haven't seen. The I'll admit fly. it right now. Yes, I. Uh, I'm one of those people that if I watch a remake, then I want to watch the original first. Mm-hmm. And so I have not seen that. So the level of difference between the original and this one <laughs> is pretty astronomical. Yeah, no, that's what I've heard. It's a substantial difference. It's almost like different movies, kind mm-hmm. of like with the thing and the thing from another world. Yeah. But The Fly is one of those, I think there's three or four, where the remakes are better than the originals. Yes. Which we don't get too much. It's like The Thing. Like The Thing, yeah. The Blob. The 80s one Mm -hmm. is better. Body Snatchers. Yeah. The the one with Donald Sutherland. And then... I I can I can I can picture picture Donald Sutherland in my head. Just the the crazy (laughs) face that he makes. Yeah. So, I... I always recommend those as like remakes that are better than the originals and not when I want to see the original mm-hmm. to, to really appreciate it. But yeah, no, I've heard the fly is great and I heard it's different and I heard it it's is gruesome. Yeah. So I need to check it out. That's one of the, that's one of my shameful <laughs> movies that I haven't seen. I won't get into too many of those. So we'll, we'll talk about that more in a little bit uh, for my <laughs> list for next week. Okay. Sounds good. Um, all right. So then I believe this is going to be our last one for this week, correct? Yeah. Uh, saved the best for last. Ooh, this... like a drum roll. <laughs> so, twenty-eight days later is a modern classic. Yes, it was no doubt. It, there's no denying that it is an experience the first time you see yeah. it. Great director, but, uh, excellent director. Danny yeah. Boyle is fantastic, amazing. And as far as this movie is concerned, there are so many little details 
And so much as far as the portrayals by the characters are concerned that just add different little layers to this. Like it feels so real. And the fact that it's an infection and that the people that you're dealing with aren't dead is another interesting layer. It, it takes something like a zombie genre that at what, at that point in time had been pretty stale and pretty tired, you know, like, like a, like a zombie left out for 28 days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it just makes it something different. Yeah. They they move faster. Mm-hmm. They have more human characteristics and it just it was so amazing the first time that I saw it and it was yeah. great to revisit it. It was something that I that I really wanted to talk about when you told me that you were doing this. I was like, I want to talk about 28 days later. It's yeah. it's it's in easily my top 5 horror genre movies of all time. Yeah. There are legitimate parts where you where you're scared but not in like a jump scare like you know jump out of your seat kind of scared but like a tension Mm -hmm. like a scared for the character on screen kind of feel like dread or terror that first scene when jim enters the cathedral and the and the father comes towards him and the father turns out to be infected who just from that moment on it just it picks up the pace and just keeps moving yeah there there are scenes where you're going to get upset. There are scenes where you might cry. Uh, there's a particular scene with Brendan Gleeson that just it 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 rips you apart. It's it's very very interesting to see. And the the mansion scene where Jim comes back to storm the mansion is iconic. Yeah, it's one of the best action sequences in horror, like pound for pound. And it just it. The score that they chose. It's memorable. I can hear it in my head right now thinking about it. <laughs> and I, uh, there was a uh, there was an independent rapper that did a rap track over it for like a Halloween themed like compilation. Oh, really? And it's called 28. And it's, worth a, it's worth a listen. His name's Richie Branson. But man, that, that score, it, it's like it's haunting. And, like, exhilarating all at the same time. And it just perfectly encapsulates that part of the story. And I believe they reused it for certain parts of 28 Weeks Later as well. I, the After seeing 28 Days Later, I and knowing that they were planning on coming out with a sequel, I, I was like, I want to be there for night one of 28 Weeks Later. And I, mm-hmm. when I saw it the day that it opened. Different style movie. Yes. Different director. More of a budget. S- <laughs> Still good though. Yeah. There's still a lot, a lot of meat on those bones, and they did a great job. And I still wish they would come out with another sequel. They've been talking about it for yeah. years. There have been all these rumors floating mm. around that Danny Boyle's going to come back and do the third movie, yeah, and he then did, he did Train Spotting. Yeah. So we'll so. see. <laughs> I mean, if if Danny Boyle came out and helmed another movie in that franchise, I would be day one as soon as the tickets go on sale, I'm buying them. Yeah. That. That would be a very highly anticipated movie for me. Oh, definitely. I think, and I think that people would flock to it mm-hmm. because, I mean, that movie has a huge following. Yeah. I what I particularly loved about it was the fact that zombies, the idea where a dead person comes back to life, can be a little bit far fetched. Mm-hmm. But what Twenty Eight Days did was took what audiences wanted with a zombie movie, where you get these monsters more or less, mm-hmm. and grounded it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gave it a reason besides just they've risen from the dead or a satellite fell. You know, isn't that the what happened in the Romero movies? A satellite drops. Yeah, they say. That, I think that's. I don't know if they showed that in the first movie, but I think yeah. that they. I think that they allude to that at some point in time. But it it creates a real yes a real reason for that to happen. Exactly. And, I, and like like based in science, you know they. You know, it's due to either some form of an experiment or something that was passed from an animal to a human, and it just it oh, man, it's scarier. It's, yeah, it's that could yeah it could legitimately happen. Yeah, because yeah, it's an infection. It's not it's not people rising from the dead. It's you're infected with yeah. something. And there's there's I've heard a little bit of debate whether or not it's an, a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. It is. Yeah, I think so. It's just a a different take on that genre. And for me, that that works. It takes them and it makes it more believable. Yeah. And the camp of that movie is is completely non-existent. Like I said, I went from the campiest zombie mo- movie, aside <laughs> from like like Evil Dead, it, and 
went to like the least campy movie yeah. that you possibly could go in these in this genre. Man, that movie just it, it's. They said I, I will sit down and watch it anytime. Oh yeah, it's on my phone. At, like <laughs> I I will can wa- watch it right now. Yeah, I could watch it right now <laughs> if I wanted to. All right, so that's the end of our list from last week. But before we give you our seven picks for next week, let's jump into some two-sentence horror stories. Keep the bit going. (laughs) Here it goes. As I lay in bed on my phone, I denied the friend request from the man I served at the coffee shop yesterday. From the shadow of my closet, I heard, see, that hurts my feelings. I thought we hit it off. That's pretty creepy. That's pretty creepy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's my shot. You want to go ahead and do yours? All right. So, last night, I received a voicemail from my estranged uncle saying he was coming to find me. He was executed by the state for killing my brother last October. Ugh. Ugh. I like that, dude. It gives me the chills. It gives me the heebies with a side of the, the jeebies. <laughs> Cool. So if you uh, like those, definitely let us know what you think. You can always shoot us an email at wordsforweirdos at gmail.com. To add a little bit more to this, we're going to read some good ones that we found from Reddit. That make us sound a lot less creepy. Yes. (laughs) All right. So the one I found comes from Lots42. And again, this is on the subreddit Two Sentence Horror. This one goes... According to the computer's readouts, the astronauts' oxygen gave out five days ago. So why are they still screaming? That's, that's, pretty, a, that's a pretty good one. Thanks. Yeah, no, I thought so, too. It's one of the top-rated ones, or upvoted ones. Uh, yeah, I thought it bridged our horror sci-fi gap, so I like that. Yeah. And uh, it makes you want to know more. Yeah. Like, you know? What's, what's going on up there? <laughs> All right, cool. You go ahead and give yours a shot. All right, so uh, for whatever reason, this one, I can't find the user either. So that's two weeks in a row where I haven't found the user. I'll, I will I will bring a bibliography next time. I will come with credit. <laughs> I will be the credible Hulk. So the last thing I saw was my alarm clock flashing 12.07 before she pushed her long, rotting nails through my chest, her other hand muffling my screams. I sat bolt upright, relieved it was only a dream, but as I saw my alarm clock read 12.06, I heard my closet door creak open. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. That's impressive. Creative. Very yes. creative. I feel like I've seen that in a movie or something, mm-hmm. but, I mean, either way, it's still effective. And to be able to do that with two sentences. Yeah. Ugh. Impressive. Yes. Yeah. Again, impressive. If, uh, if you have any two-sentence horror stories that you would like to share or comment on any of the ones that we read, you can always shoot us an email. Um, before we go, we'd like to give you guys the list of the next few movies that we're going to watch. Get ready. Yeah. So next week for me, I'm going to watch a movie that was recently released to Netflix called Apostle. I've heard it's pretty gruesome, mm. and the trailer looks fantastic. has Dan Stevens in it and the director of the Raid movies. Yeah. So I'm really interested to check that out. I'm also going to be watching Transfiguration, which let me double check. I'm pretty sure that that one is on Netflix as well. Yes. So Transfiguration is also on Netflix. And then I'm going to watch A Dark Song, which again is on Netflix. And the last one I'm going to watch is a Cronenberg movie that I've been wanting to see for a long time and haven't got around to it, called Videodrome. I'd like to mention John's shirts for these last two weeks. Last week he had a shirt in the vein of the Thrasher Skate Company. It said Slasher, and it had Michael Myers on a skateboard. And this week he has a very similar one. (laughs) It again says Slasher, but this one is a white shirt with ghost face on it. So, love him, man. Jealous. Yeah. Speaking of Ghostface, uh, the original Scream trilogy is one of my favorites. Obviously, Scream Three is a little, little less than the than the other two, but it's still a great film, and it still has a lot of cool things you can pull from it. And I just love how it 
lampoons a genre in a way that's so meta and so refreshing while also still making a cool story. I have not seen Scream 4. Really? Yeah, so I'm going to so I thinking about that, I was like I I'm going to make an excuse to see Scream 4. It's on Netflix. I'm going to check it out. So, because it's because it's a movie that's by a director that I love, Wes Craven is amazing, and I haven't seen it before, I thought, well, maybe I'll revisit some movies that I hadn't seen from some of my other favorite horror directors. So, the first movie is going to be Scream 4 uh, by Wes Craven. Uh, the second movie is going to be The Fog by John Carpenter. John Carpenter's done some great work, and Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. Can't complain about her, anything she's ever done, <laughs> even Freaky Friday. She's Scream Queen. Yeah, she is the Scream Queen. <laughs> And the final one is going to be Drag Me to Hell from Sam Raimi. So, uh. so I've got some some heavy hitters. So I'm really excited to see these. Like I said, they're things that I have never visited before. Yeah. They're all available on streaming services. You can catch Scream 4 on Netflix. You can catch The Fog on Shudder. And you can catch Drag Me to Hell on HBO. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Cool. That goes with uh, me trying to get everything on the streaming services for this month. All right. That sounds like a good list. Is there anything else that you want to add before we go? Uh, yeah. If you provide us with a really, really, really cool two-sentence se- uh, two uh, horror story and it's something worth reading, there's a chance we might just read it on the show. And so send, it, send us your cool stuff. If, if, it's, if it's worth reading, we'll read it. Yeah, definitely. Um, we would love to hear from anybody. And anybody that gives it a shot, don't, don't hesitate. I mean, we like that kind of stuff. And obviously... I mean, you might think that we're not the best writers. <laughs> yeah, but we're not afraid to embarrass ourselves on this podcast. So if you want to make us look like chumps, we're, we're all in for that. Yes, go for it. That being said, if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, you can get us on there. That's Words for Weirdos. If you want more from Porcelain Peak, you can visit us at wordsforweirdos.com slash porcelainpeak. You'll find all kinds of cool stuff there, not just about the podcast, but other stuff related to the horror genre, like we did at the beginning of this episode. If you go ahead and shoot us five stars and a good review, then we'll give you a shout-out on the next episode. And please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that we can hit that noteworthy part of iTunes within the first eight weeks. These first few weeks are crucial for us to get this thing rolling, and we'd like to continue to bring you guys more content. We will see you guys next week with a discussion about those seven movies that we picked and the next seven coming, and next week... I will do a reading of a personal short story that I wrote in the horror genre. So (laughs) keeping the bit going (laughs) two weeks running. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And again, thank you for listening. Peace. A hyperforge alpha network production.